Welcome to Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. I am your host, Demo. My co-host is Joe Taylor. This is episode 38. We got some new equipment. We got some stuff. We finally figured it out. Here we are. Yeah, we had some crazy technical difficulties with this new equipment. Not that you care. You're like, get to the reviews. We're going to get to the reviews. I was having a midlife crisis and a panic attack all at the same time over Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. I thought and, the fate and, and, of the podcast was over. I thought it was doomed. And you were impotent at the same time. Well, that's always. Uh, we got a cool new soundboard. We got uh, microphones, I guess, are the same. Whatever. Whatever. You're, you're not going to notice the difference. Bottom line, we put a lot into this thing. Yeah. So thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. We appreciate it big time. All uh, right. Let's get going, man. I know what you have, so I'll, I'm going to go out and smoke while you review this. All uh, right. Fine. I don't even smoke, by the way. Start smoking. That should be your New Year's resolution. Well, I think it is because I know what you're going to talk about and I'm going to fall asleep. I am talking about the new Netflix original series, The Witcher. See you later. Don't care. I'm almost with you on this. I am almost a don't care, but not enough. I mean, did you finish this show? Did you watch the whole thing? No, I watched half of one episode. Oh, come on, man. That's not an honest review. I'm not reviewing it because I couldn't watch... One episode, that's a pretty good review. It's eight episodes, oh. about an hour each. The third one, for some reason, is 67 minutes. It stars Henry Cavill, Anna Charlotta, and Freya Allen. Those are your three leads right there. And then I got a bunch of other people that have names that I, I can't even get into. Henry Cavill is Superman. That's how you all know him. He plays The Witcher, the title character, and his name is Geralt of Rivia. And he's your lead. I know a lot of people that watched the first episode and bailed on this. I was almost one of them. I was like, it was boring. I was not feeling it. But because I'm like, I'm reviewing it, I did all eight. And it does get better. Do they continue filming it on an iPhone? Because it looked like garbage. I got to be honest with you. It looks, it doesn't have the production value. Everybody's like, is this going to scratch my Game of Thrones itch? No, the Witcher is not going to scratch your Game of Thrones itch. If Game of Thrones is like Harvard, uh, the Witcher is like a junior college. (laughs) Does that make any sense? Uh, It does look very European (laughs) and it just doesn't have the, you thought like of a big budget, but it, it just looks a little cheap at times. They must have had great craft service because they didn't spend the money on cinematography. People's faces were washed out with lights. They filmed a lot, a lot of stuff outdoors, and there was no. It was. It looked amateur. And this coming from an am, I know what amateur filmmaking looks like because I do it constantly. Yes. Uh, this did not. I'm look not going to argue with you on this. I mean, it, it does lack that sheen of professionalism, and. The pacing of this show at the beginning, I'm just like, oh, what is going on? If you're going to watch this, I suggest uh, with the captions on because you're going to get bombarded with a whole bunch of names and you're like, who, what, where, what is going on? And unfortunately or fortunately, depending how you feel, the narrative structure mimics that of Westworld 
and This Is Us. Two com- could shows that could not be more different. What yeah, are you but, trying but to say? It, if you watch either of those shows without giving anything away, you know the structure of how how the story goes. They're all robots. Oh my god! This is us. I mean, I haven't seen Westworld. You've never seen Westworld? I'm just kidding. I've seen. Yes, I've seen. Well, then both. you know what, what happened with the narrative, right? Yeah. What they did with it, they do the same thing here. Okay. Spoiler alert. Sp- yeah, I know. I feel like, it, but I got you. I got so frustrated by the fourth episode, and then it turns. Now it's all about Henry Cavill, and I got to say, he's like a one note performance in this. He gets better. But he's so his character's supposed to have uh, like a, a limited amount of emotions, and he nails that. It is a. I'm sorry. I like the guy. I think he's a really good actor. He's very charismatic. But I mean, maybe this is what the part requires. But he's so like, mm, like the whole show is. Hmm. Bill Belichick wasn't available to play the uh, emotionless. Uh, it, they're on the same level. Yeah. But I mean, if you like your shows where he got a lot of. Hmm. Hmm. This is that. You're going to love it. Uh, I, no- I notice he has colored contacts in about. He does. The- he's one of these people that can fight monsters. That's his thing. He's like, he's like a special power equipped magic man that can fight monsters better than anybody else. He's a witcher. But he's not the reason to watch this show. The reason to watch this show is the other lead, the female lead. She's a sorceress named Yennefer. And her character is the most interesting and the only reason to watch. She has a real arc to it. And uh, without her, this show is DOA. Now, what's the difference for anyone who cares, which is no one? What's the difference between a witcher and a sorcerer? And is, is witch a verb now? Uh, or are we just making up? Is this one of those fantasy there, there, it's, shows? It's, it's a fantasy show. Okay, so we just we just use words that don't exist. You know, there's elves and monsters and, you know, yeah. battling kingdoms. But it's not at the level of Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings. And this is based on a, a series of books. It's Polish. The whole thing is from a Polish book series. Thank you. Now I'm back. Are you, you get it? Now, I'm, now it's all it, making sense. Right. So it's also from the books. Then they did all these video games from it. There's like a whole series of Witcher video games. I knew none of this stuff. I just knew like, okay, this looks kind of interesting. It's not what I thought it was going to be. Now, like I said, people bailed on it. I went all the way through and it does get better. It is coming back for a second season. I am going to watch uh, the second season because I feel like this season one is all set up for the next season. Like because of the way that it's structured, I can see like the payoffs are going to come in season two, which apparently are going to be in 2021. Not for a whole nother year. You're going to get another second season of the Witcher. Thank God. We've gone on about this far too long for, mm. I, I God. Mm. First of all, you said, Superman, Henry Cavill, 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 Cavill. Yes. there's only one Superman, Christopher Reeve. I was going to say Brandon Routh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> whatever. Okay, look, here's the thing. If you are a fantasy guy, if you a fantasy person, fantasy person, sure. This is a binge. If you are not at all into fantasy purge, there's not enough here unless you are really, this is your thing. And like I said, if you're looking for a Game of Thrones replacement, look somewhere else. There's a lot of good things in this, but I don't think enough. I'm going to say it's a light binge because it finally got interesting. It took a while because it's it's got this weird European feel to it. 
Yeah, it looks terrible, and it looks like uh, if Renfair gets rained out, you might want to watch this. But That's even good. Then, I can't argue with that. You know, grab yourself a big turkey leg from uh, Ralph's and stay in and watch this garbage. Demo says light binge, though. I'm going to say light binge. It's a binge, all right? The Witcher on Netflix. Ugh. Binge. Okay, moving on. Now, I called an audible because so many things have changed since we started the first time recording this episode. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about something different. So you don't know what I'm going to reveal. I don't. It's kind of fun sometimes. Surprise me, Joe. Surprise yeah. me. We're going to keep the relationship interesting. Sometimes we uh, dress up for each other, whatever. So I watched two things. Now, I know that you are a big fan of um, police and uh, racial uh, injustice. Huge. Not promoting it, but the documentaries about it, I know, are very moving to you. Because I liked When They See Us? Yeah. Oh, come on. So I've got something for you that I think you would really like. Honestly, this series called Flint Town, about Flint, Michigan, uh, the police in Flint, Michigan, woefully underfunded, very violent area. This was while the whole water stuff was going on. This actually came out in 2018, I don't know how long it's been on Netflix. I It popped up for me like two weeks ago. So it is on Netflix. Is this a documentary or is this a series? What it's, is- a, it's a docu-series. Okay. Eight episodes. All right. 45 minutes long or something. This is one of the most... How do, how do I put it? You know when a documentary doesn't really take a point of view, they just kind of document what's happening, hence... Right. This is very down the middle, very fair... They follow the cops around. It's, it feels like the show Cops a little bit, but it looks a lot cooler. But it also goes to the city hall or the um, city council meetings and the town hall stuff. And they interview uh, people in the town and talk about the relationship that the police have with this community that was top 10 in violent crime for years and years. Very dangerous town. And they have like 100 police officers or something. Because they have no money. They don't have enough cars. They don't have enough whatever. Um, they're putting people out there on patrol. Can I just say, Flint, Michigan seems like the last place I would ever move. Well, My whole life, it's always been like, oh, Flint, Michigan. Even with uh, the uh, Michael Moore movie there, right? Back yeah. in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, right. Where he made like uh, hundreds of millions of dollars and gave n- uh, none of it to the uh, town he grew up in. What was the name of that? I forget. Roger and Me. Roger and Me. Thank yeah. you. Yes. I was like, Flint, Michigan. I'm like, wow, this town sucks. And then, you know, here we go. The water, the crime. It just sounds like the worst place to live in America. It, it sure seems like it. Now, imagine what the police force is like in that town. And that's uh, pretty much what you get. And these guys, uh, guys and girls, a lot of them are a little overzealous. But you also get to kind of see their side of it, which is that they like literally might get shot at any time for no reason. And this was when stuff was happening, like in Dallas. Uh, remember that guy went out and he shot a bunch of cops. Oh, and, yeah. And they had to send in that drone to take him out and blow him up. Yeah that, yeah. that happens while they're filming this. So they talk about that. And it humanizes everybody. It humanizes the police. It humanizes the a chief of police, who's a black guy that came in and started this like special crime. It's called the Cat Squad, C-A-T-T, uh, crime area task something crime area target team anyway it's all it's it's almost like comic book ish except it's it's real and it's very sad uh and it's very humanizing and i think um 
as much as we hear about all this police versus the communities that they work in type of stuff, this is one of the first things I've seen that really made me understand both points of view and why, why people are so upset. And it's incredibly well done. There's no narration. There's no point of view. It's just a documentary series. Well, every documentary should have a point of view of some kind. All documentaries. When I went to film school, my professor said a documentary is making an argument. And if it's not making an argument, it's not a documentary. I see what you're saying. I, I sort of agree. We also talked about American Factory. Which That's making an argument. Is it? For what? For how we're screwed. <laughs> no. I know. I it's, know. It's, well, I, I know what you're saying. And you're, and you're right. This kind of gives you two arguments. And you sort of learn how to see both sides. Like This really leaves you. I left this feeling neutral and just sad. And it, it just makes you realize that there, whatever your argument is, there's a counterpoint to that. And somebody's going through some stuff that you don't know about. Joe, it almost sounds like you learned something. Yeah, almost. I don't want you learning anything here. Okay, now I want to contrast that. Oh, this is a binge, by the way. Flint Town on Netflix. Binge. It's great. But you want to contrast this with something? Yeah. I want to contrast this with something that's more like the show that as you, that famously brought you to tears. This is a based on a play. It's a Netflix original movie called American Sun. It's just a film version of the play. It takes place almost entirely in one room. Let me give you a taste of how it goes. So so you play the we can do a little improv thing. You be the um the woman who wants to know she knows her son got arrested but she doesn't know for what or where he is, and, and I'll be the cop, and you you ask me what's going on. You arrested ma'am, my son? Ma'am. You arrested ma'am, my son? What'd you arrest my son for? Ma'am. Why well, ma'am, you, 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 ma'am. Don't, you don't arrest my son. Ma'am. Uh, make it stop. Okay, that's what they did with the movie. That was, I only watched uh, like two-thirds of it. That's all I got out of it. It's just some hysterical woman and some cop who won't help. I'm clutching my pearls right now. You can't see it, but I'm clutching my pearls. Well, that's one thing to call them. Um, <laughs> Better your own pearls than someone else's, I always say. The reason I brought it up very briefly, it's a purge, by the way. It sucks. The play sucks. The movie sucks even worse. It is a disingenuous propaganda. Like, it's just meant to rile people up. And what I'm more interested in is... But it's, it's a scripted fictional play, right? Yes. It's not, it's, is it based on any kind of event? No, uh, not anything specific. No. Okay. I did not have any empathy for either party in that stupid movie. But like I said, when I watched Flint Town, you really have a lot. You can't help but have empathy for, uh, for everyone. And I think that's important. And this other movie is just a money grab and I hate it. And uh, American Son on Netflix, purge, purge, purge. For the record, it was co-produced by and stars Carrie Washington. I wanted to do those back to back. Well, you did it. There you go. Are you proud of yourself? Oh, I'm proud this of you. Night over. <laughs> we got like, one more to go. Oh. I know we're exhausted. You have. We are. I am emotionally drained right now. Well, it's about to get worse. It's about to get worse because here we go, folks. We're gonna talk about what's stirring up the internet. Everyone, everyone we know is like, "Hey, man, you gotta review this. You got to." We have a, a a listener, listener Tracy. She's always hitting us up with suggestions. She's like, you know, you guys need to watch Kings of Pain. And we're like, we looked that up. And we're like, no, we're not watching Kings of Pain. I almost threw up watching that, that trailer. That was disgusting. That's about these two buffoons that travel the world <laughs> uh, getting bit by creatures that like, you know, they're not deadly, but the bites wish you were dead. 
right? That's their thing. It's like, how much pain can they handle? She goes, you got to do this show. No, we're not doing that show. So she keeps going, well, what about this show? Finally, she comes at us with this show in conjunction with about 50 other people that we talked to that are like, you got to do this. And it is, don't F with cats, hunting an internet killer. This thing is all over the internet right now. Everybody on social media, oh my God, have you watched it? It's like life changing. It's the greatest. So we did it. I'm like, you know what? Fine. We're going to, we're going to review this. We're going to watch it. It's three one hour episodes. It works out to about three hours and five minutes of screen time. And it is a docudrama. It's a true crime documentary about internet sleuths or like keyboard crusaders who are trying to hunt down the identity of this guy who makes videos early on of him torturing and killing kittens. Right. And they say that if you like mess with animals, that's uh, one a of the precursor. Yeah. To, to being a serial killer. So right. like kids that, that, you know, hurt animals, it's not a good sign. And this whole thing is about these internet people trying to hunt them down. And then, of course, the police who get involved on a whole other level, and it escalates to this whole worldwide manhunt for this killer. And it's all because he started off by killing some kittens, and it just escalates from there. Now, here's the thing, man. I (laughs) hate true crime. Okay. And this is pure true crime docu-series, you know, making of a murderer. I don't watch Dateline. I don't watch the first 48. I hate this crap. I really do. So the fact that I actually committed to these three hours, I'm patting myself on the back. All right. All right. Because at the end of the day, I don't really care about any of this. I don't. Demo doesn't care about people killing kittens. I I care about people killing kittens. And that's why I was into it. Okay. But then it turns into like someone that's killing people. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't oh, care yeah. if you're killing people. Well, neither did the people doing the sleuthing. Right? When no, they, right. they were more concerned about the... I mean, they're outraged over the killing of these animals. And that's what brought me in. I go, okay, it's going to be this whole, you know, animal cruelty thing. That's just a stepping stone for where this goes. And you think this is like, you know, this is some white people shit is what this <laughs> is. I don't think anybody other than like, you know, white people are into this crap. No, this is to watch in the ski lodge and like uh, over coffee. Like this is... Definite white white people stuff. Right. Sure. Everybody's coming. Every person that's recommended this has been a white person. And they think it's rev. Oh, oh my. How, how can I not? And everything you look at social media, it's just like, oh my God. I, I, I You have to. You have to. And I'm like, I did. And I don't care. <laughs> so you, so your I, take on this thing is who cares? My thing is, I, this is not for me. Now, I think I'm, the, the, my bias is probably clouding it. I think it might be a good docuseries. I think it's it's well made, and I think the first hour is good. But once they establish who the killer is, I'm out. I don't care about this person. And the whole thing is the killer is like a, a narcissistic sociopath who just wants attention, and this documentary just gives him nothing but attention. I'm sure wherever he is right now, he's like, oh my God, they did a whole series on this on Netflix, and I'm like, you know, I'm famous now. And then they try to make up for it at the end with like, you know, the, the main internet sleuth looks at the camera and it's like, shame on you for watching this. And I'm like, shame on you for making this. <laughs> okay. I, I, can I, let me respond. Please. 
Uh, I watched this too. I watched it on the uh, Disney cruise at night because everything shuts down at 8 p.m. Eastern time. I watched uh, this on the boat and uh, horrifying. Yeah, Uh, they don't show a lot of the footage, but if you're prone to uh, curiosity, you can find the footage very easily. No, thanks. It's it's worse than than you even imagine. It's very disgusting. Bottom line is the documentary, unfortunately, was about the people who were sleuthing this guy to find out who he was. Now, we were just talking about this guy earlier, Jeff, friend of a friend or a mutual friend, whatever. Uh, Jeff mentioned, hey, uh, you know, those sleuths really accomplished nothing with all of their computer time because the guy left his friggin' ID in the person's pocket or something. They accomplished nothing. Yeah, I agree. The, the police ended up doing the whole thing. And then anytime they try to like offer it, the police, you know, they're like, we don't really need you. And it, it, by the <laughs> end, they're just like following it online like any other idiot. Like they really yeah. didn't cause, they didn't make any big breakthroughs except in the document. Like, oh, we knew we did this and that, but they don't really catch him. The, the police in Toronto and Montreal and Paris and Germany do all the work. And they yep. end up just sitting back going like, oh, he sent another video. Well, what what really troubled me uh, the most watching this thing, uh, well, for one was the, the violence against uh, humans and animals. But secondly, the way that these people feel alive online, like that's like the way that they talk to each other online, like, uh, oh, there's what's her name. And it's like, you know, that's. You're just on the computer, right? Like you're you're just sitting in your trailer. I think they all live in trailers, from what I saw. I think Deanna Thompson. She lives in a house. She has a big job. My favorite part of the whole doc is when she feels like her life is threatened and she has to go to her employers. And she has a big job in Las Vegas. And she says she's embarrassed that she has to say that when she leaves her job, she goes home at night and spends all her time on the internet trying to track down a kitten killer. And she says how embarrassing that was to tell her employers. And I'm like, and now you're in a whole documentary about it. And look, I don't want to, I'm not on a bag on these people that are doing it. I get it. But like, but the whole, like, I'm going to get you and we're going to, you know, get you through the internet. I, I, I don't have much respect for these internet sleuths. Like I said, these uh, keyboard crusaders who at the end of the day really didn't do jack shit, except <laughs> finally have a documentary made about them. I 100% agree. I think the only thing worse than the people who spend their every waking non-working moment on the internet is people who uh, spend it watching uh, television and then reviewing it for other people. Right. Those idiots. Oh, what I feel bad for them. I, do. <laughs> I wish that kitten killer would get a hold of them and, uh, and, and take, take his revenge. I think or, someone's can... knocking at the door. Serious? I'm not kidding. I'm gonna oh. go, someone to kill us. Well, it's happened like a dozen times. I know. So. I'm just saying someone knocking at the door so they can kill us and put us out of our misery. Oh, please. But, God. but the thing is, I watch this because so many people that listen to this podcast, they were like, you've got to watch it. You've got to review it. We love it. It's awesome. And I'm happy for you all. I'm, you know, congratulations. I'm glad you started off the year with something that you totally enjoy. I know I am in the minority on this, but I don't care about your true crime. And I don't care about some, you know, model killer from Toronto and his Looney Tunes mother who did a shitty job of raising him and let him watch Basic Instinct when he was like six years old or whatever. Oh, there's a whole subplot. There's a whole subplot with Basic Instinct. And it's like, and it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. It's like, oh, (laughs) here's his Basic Instinct keychain. And I'm like, duh. Sorry. There's a, you know, I'm, I'm 
Sorry. Again, it, again, the guy left his driver's license like in the dead person's pocket. How did, how did it make... take him this long to catch this guy? I That's the know. other thing. You're like, ooh, he's all over the place. And I mean, and I, I give I give these these sleuths credit for like, you know, spending eight hours. That one guy, he they go on Google Maps and oh. he goes down every single street looking for a building. And I'm like, dude. Take a break and look at some internet porn. Do something more productive with your time. Yeah. Well, they probably wouldn't have shown the part where he watched the porn. Uh, right. I know. I'm he, just saying. I'm uh, sure he looks at plenty. I'm sure that that guy knowing you're talking about. Right. He looks at plenty of he porn. He does look Don't at plenty of porn. I'm sure. Uh, so look, at this is a purge for me. <laughs> in the face of the entire world that says it's a binge, I don't care. Guess what? Binge or purge is my show. It's your show. And I say purge, don't F with cats hunting an internet killer on Netflix. Yeah. I'll say purge too, because it best case scenario, even if it is a great 60 minutes episode, that's three hours long. It's very upsetting. It's just a lot of, um, gruesome stuff and yeah. it's not cool. It's not, it doesn't, you don't learn anything. Uh, don't, don't waste your time. Purge. I say purge too. Thank you. All right. At least one rational voice in this world. It's the first thing we've agreed on all year. I know. Right. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. All right. Before we go, I want to say it is it is the new year. It's uh, early January. And uh, Netflix, who, let's face it, is our bread and butter at this point. It seems like everything lately we've been reviewing has been on Netflix. Mm-hmm. They released a couple days ago a release schedule of every original Netflix movie coming out this year. And they already have 29 and more on the way. 29 movies. Do you know how many movies a typical studio releases in any given year? Usually about 10 to 12, if that. You're talking about Warner Brothers, like big studios. Universal, Warner Brothers, Paramount, Fox, Disney, right? Usually about 10 to 12. They've got 29 and more coming. And here's the thing. David Fincher, Spike Lee. These are not, you know, names to sneeze at directors. These are A-list directors. I'm saying they want to take over the world. Well, and the talent too. I mean, I don't know if we have time to go through the whole list, but everyone uh, that you've heard of is going to be on Netflix, either acting, producing, writing, or directing in 2020. Yes. Right. Oh my God. It's just, it's everyone's going there. Now the thing is that we just had the golden globes the other night, right? And it was like, Oh, Netflix is going to sweep. They didn't really go that strongly. I still feel like in the industry, even though that's where people are working, there is a creative backlash still. And while, you know, Netflix is definitely on the rise, I still think that people are like, you know what? Not yet. We're not going to give you the kudos you think you deserve yet. Well, yeah, as it pertains to the Golden Globes, the Hollywood Foreign Press has been choking on Quentin Tarantino for decades now. Yeah, and you know what I mean by I that. know, I know. Look, they're, they're, they're star efforts. That's all the Golden Globes are. Yeah. They don't really matter. But I'm saying I, they, they want to be, you know, the, the, the studio. They want to take over Hollywood and they're on their way, but they're not there yet. Even though they're getting all these nominations, I'm telling you when the Oscars come, Netflix is not going to have a strong, a showing as people think it might have the nominations, but I don't think it's going to get the big wins yet. I think they're going to go with traditional studio movies for the win. I, I don't know. I think that they attract so much top talent because from what I understand, they're pretty hands off. So if Martin Scorsese wants to make a three and a half hour movie, go right ahead. 
I can see why the talent wants to go there. Like, great creative control. They don't want a studio breathing down their neck. Right, right. Great. Congratulations. I'm just saying they're not, you know, at the zenith yet, but they're they're on their way. But to say, like, Netflix has taken over, they're trying, but they're not there yet. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't know what my point is here, other than there's a million Netflix movies we're going to have to review this year. Such as what? David Fincher's got a making of the writing of Citizen Kane, which I got to watch because I love Citizen Kane. Right? So I, right there, I'm in. And that's okay. one. Right? They got me right there already. Well, Ryan Murphy, we talked uh, We talked for a long time, I did anyway, about the politician. Right. Well, he's got that gigantic deal. So yeah. not only is he doing shows, he's going to do features for them. Right. He's doing a new show and another movie, a full like a full-length movie and I think season two of politician i don't know when the guy sleeps tyler perry we're sure opening right? some floodgates now because if yeah. we get tyler perry on netflix that guy can put out a movie every other wednesday yeah easily yeah he puts out more than we put out these podcasts yeah just saying in the coming year obviously we're going to get inundated with netflix movies we'll review them and hopefully some of them are good a lot of times you put the netflix in front of a movie and i'm like oh boy it's it's good but really not enough so hopefully these are you know Better than their normal fare. I'm so ready to go home. Yeah, dude, I'm fried, man. I don't even know how we got through this one. Listeners, thank you for sticking it out. This one, this one has been crazy. We're we're both out of our minds right now. We're gonna wrap it up. Um, as always, we want to thank Just the Facts. You can follow Just the Facts on Instagram and Twitter at the Jessica Greer. Thanks, Jess. So for Joe Taylor, my name is Demo. This has been Binge or Purge Streaming Reviews. Thank you for listening. See you next time.